The thing I love most about this rivalry, yeah. everybody's wrong until the result comes in. Let's go. They always say, throw out the records when it comes to this rivalry. On that day, you have to prove that you're the better team in the state of Michigan. I don't get why both teams can't be great at the same time. It doesn't always have to be one or the other. I love you, man, but you're an idiot. A Michigan, Michigan State podcast. And here's your hosts, Justin Rose and Michael Spath. What an entrance into I love you, but you're an idiot, the podcast. The Michigan, Michigan State podcast, Michael Spath. Justin, I got to say the fact that you came up with that name on the spot after we had used artificial intelligence That's true. to come up with, I don't know, maybe like 25 different podcast titles and none of them were any good. And you just looked at me and you said, I love you, man, but you're an idiot. It was perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It describes this rivalry completely does it not it it, it to a t and then to for, for first time listeners obviously this is our first episode of this podcast we're gonna be doing michigan state michigan football basketball anything university related we basically came together and we'll get into our backgrounds a little bit of why michael and i decided to launch into the podcast space i mean obviously both of us have been in the media combined maybe over 20 25 oh, years so we yeah. have plenty of uh media experience here but beginning into the podcast space it's a little the, the waters are deep here they're not as deep as spartan stadium but the deep waters of podcasting uh, are there and um we just kind of decided that I think we needed to have an adult conversation at the kids' table when it comes to Michigan and Michigan State. Yeah, and, and I really like the way that you say that because too often in this rivalry, and in, and in almost every rivalry across the college landscape now, but in this particular rivalry, it has devolved to a place of toxicity that I don't think needs to exist. And, you know, I come from a place where I am married to a Spartan, so we truly have a house divided. And I look at the conversations that I have with my extended family, my in-laws, we're all Spartans and my whole family are Wolverines and we get along just fine. Like I think about it. Like when you think about your neighbors, right? Like you may disagree with your neighbor, but you're not, you're not going out there lighting their lawn on fire. Right? I mean, that's not what you do to just to express a disagreement. You just kind of ignore them a little bit. Yeah. We'd like to ignore you a little bit more if we could, but we can't get away <laughs> from this rivalry. That's, that's the fun thing of it. So I am Justin Rose, uh 15 year mm -hmm. media career in TV. Uh, the last seven of my career was at WXYZ here in Detroit, covering Michigan, Michigan state, of course, both sides of that rivalry. I am a Spartan grad go green 2007 did the five-year plan. I was in no <laughs> rush to get out of there. Tell you that much. Anyone I, I graduated wish, I, early. I wish you I are a done sucker. That. Yeah, I wish I would have done that. You're a sucker for staying, uh, not staying the whole time. So, uh, I had an opportunity to obviously cover Michigan State back uh, starting in 2010, actually. Mm. Uh, Andrew Maxwell, former Michigan State quarterback, lives around the block from me now. Okay. So I covered was he the starting quarterback for one year. He was, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, but got to go through pretty much the the height of the D'Antonio era, um, you know, college football playoff and whatnot. Uh, Tom Izzo and and his runs uh, throughout the years as well. So I have a pretty extensive knowledge. I got a good relationship with Jim Harbaugh. John Beeline is probably to this day one of my favorite people I've ever got to get to know through covering uh, people in sports. So I have a lot of love for Michigan. I don't ever want them to beat Michigan State deep down in my bones. And I think that some of them knew that. But the respect was there from both sides. And that's what yeah. Michael and I came together when we came up uh, to think about doing a podcast like this. Give us give us your rap sheet. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, I, I mean... All those things, I'm going to echo a lot of it. Uh, I am Michael Spath. I'm a Michigan grad, 2002. I'm a sucker. I went four years. Sucker. 
And I, I even stuck around in the summer to get college credit in like the spring and summer terms. I'm not really sure why I did have fun those summers, but man, looking back on it now, uh, the advice I was a university of Michigan professor. I taught the history of college athletics for a couple of years and I advised my students to stick around for another year if they could. Um, I am married to a Spartan, uh, love of my life who has brought great perspective to this rivalry for me. Uh, I covered the university of Michigan and Michigan state in the big 10, but mostly university of Michigan while I was working for rivals.com and the Wolverine uh, for about 10 years from 2002 to 2000 and I don't know, was at 13, 14. And then I was five years on WTKA hosted my own show inside the huddle uh, uh, with Michael Spath and just gave that up a couple of years ago. Um, I, you know, I've always looked at this rivalry. I've also, I, I, I've, be, I've been accused of being a Spartan Homer from the Michigan side. And yet I think most Michigan state fans also hate my guts. So I must be, uh, yeah, I must be doing something. I've always just looked at the rivalry. I've looked at any team that I cover with a critical eye, right? Like I am a Wolverine. I want to see Michigan the last two seasons, winning back-to-back big 10 titles, beating Ohio state, beating Michigan state last year. Glorious. I mean, absolutely in Nirvana the last two seasons, I want to see that, but I don't look at my program with maize and blue colored glasses and everything is always rosy and everything that, uh, Michigan does is right. And everything that Michigan state does is wrong. And that's kind of where we're coming at from this particular podcast is we're going to look at, I'm going to question your, your school. You're going to question my school, but we're also objective when we look at our schools. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we're, we're going to dive into this. The, the last thing we'll say before we start to get into the content of today's episode, obviously football is back. We're super excited about that is we want to hear from you guys. So whether you're seeing this on any of your uh, streaming platforms, you're, you're watching the clip of this on Twitter or wherever you're at, uh, one of the rival sites that Michigan or Michigan State site, which these will be be posted on. Give us com- contents. Give us uh, uh, contact us. Email us. Give us what your thoughts. We, we'd love to t- hear from you guys. This show is about Michigan and Michigan State fans, the rivalry in it of itself. Um, but also just celebrating that we have two amazing universities in our backyard. Our friends are there. Our neighbors are there. Our families went to each school. So, you know, when you hear it, like you can't go anywhere without seeing, you know, something from Michigan or Michigan state, you go on the road, you see a Michigan hat, you go, Ugh. and you go on the road, you see a Michigan state. Hat, Ugh. Well, especially, like, especially Justin, you and I both live in the area here. We're recording this in Birmingham, Michigan. But when I moved from Ann Arbor to Royal Oak, I was stunned at how often I saw Michigan state, which I didn't see very often in Ann Arbor. And so, yes, we are surrounded by it, but let's get to some, let's get to some content. Let's get into it. Oh man. First week of the year, you've got Michigan state hosting the central Michigan Chippewas on Friday night. Then you got Michigan hosting uh, cupcake number one, or is this cupcake? Is this, is this the sprinkle cupcake or the chocolate covered? This is the paper cupcake. This is the East Carolina Saturday on the peacock network. (laughs) You know, Justin, I got to say this. I have had this disagreement with Michigan fans. When I look at these first three games, the first game I can get excited about, even though it's a, even though it's a cupcake, because you're going to see a lot of players you haven't seen in nine months, 10 months, you know, you're going to see the offense, how they click in Blake Corm comes back from his injury. How does he and Donovan Edwards fit in the backfield together? New look defense, all those different things. But then after the first game, the fact that they have two more, just ridiculous opponents in UNLV and Bowling Green. Like, I'm not going to be excited about that. I'm disappointed in this schedule. I would much rather have what Michigan State does, which is at least one marquee opponent against Washington. 
and and so I mean, and other fans mock it, but this is this is what college football is, and I I, I hate it. I don't like non-conference where you're playing all group of five teams with nobody, nobody that gives you a threat to beat you. No, and look, this isn't the first time Michigan's been you know dragged across the coals when it comes to their schedule, right? Like they, they typically haven't had a whole, besides Notre Dame, when Michigan and Michigan state were constantly playing Notre Dame as a non-con game for what, 20, 30 yeah, years yeah, straight. Absolutely. I mean, it was unbelievable because you always knew that game was there. It's going to let you know, Hey, what kind of season, what kind of team is this going to be going up against a blue blood like Notre Dame each and every year? I always loved that game and I'm sad that it, you know, and we're going to be very interested to see what non-conference happens in the future. Yeah, now that there's yeah. the big, what, 18, is that where we're at now? I it, mean, it'll be 24 before we know it. Exactly. So it, non-cons are going to look a lot different. But to your point about this particular season, look, I look at Michigan and I obviously, you know, they, they're well warranted as a top five team. They return pretty much all the key pieces that you need to to feel good about your chances going into a season. But I've seen a lot of Jim Harbaugh teams just steamroll until it, they they haven't had been tested. And I think being tested earlier for Michigan is better for them later in the season. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're not going to be able to see this year, unfortunately, until yeah. I think Michigan State might be. And that, that that at that point, that might not even be that much of a challenge. No, I mean, they have two road games before the Michigan State. They play at Nebraska, who, you know, underneath Matt Rule this year, we'll see what they are. Uh, if it was Nebraska in November, I would think a lot more of the potential for, I'm not necessarily upset, but a challenging game than having it the first week of October. Uh, and they also played Minnesota on the road um, before they play Michigan State. But you're right. I mean, we'll see where Michigan State is by the time they get to that, you know, late October. It might not be until they play Penn State right. that we're really getting a look. And Michigan may, if you look at the schedule this year, it may just be Penn State and Ohio State are the only two teams that have the capabilities to meet, beat Michigan this year. On the flip side, Michigan State hosts Central Michigan and another completely tune-up game, but at least it's an in-state opponent. Sure. Let me ask you this question because I've heard – I've heard some, you know, this this has kind of become like a little bit of a tradition, the Friday night thing. How do you oh, feel yeah. about the Friday night actually, to open the season? I actually really like it because I think it gives just that extra little boost of national exposure. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of Friday night marquee games. If you're watching, you're watching somebody on the West Coast, uh, like, a, you know, a WAC school or a Mountain West school playing on Friday night. And when Michigan State, that was a, a brainchild of Mark Hollis, former athletic director, he was kind of like, this is a nothing burger game. And if you're, if there's... 500 schools playing nothing burger games on Saturdays, you're only going to get the eyes of one, your, your fan yep, base and yep. who you're playing against in reality, unless they stagger the times Michigan, Michigan state usually have a typical stagger time. Most of the time they don't play at the same time, but I've always really kind of liked it. I think it's perfect. It's a Friday of labor day weekend. It gives people an opportunity who maybe during the season can't get to East Lansing as much as they may have liked because of work or family or school or whatever the things are. So I really think it's a kudos to the Michigan State Athletic Department years and years ago of saying, hey, you know what? Let's be a marquee game, a, yeah, a game yeah. that people want to see. And if Michigan State's producing a good product, and I think they're going to have a ton of eyeballs on it because yeah, everybody yeah. wants to know what's the deal with Mel Tucker. Is this going to oh, be yeah. like last year? I mean, there's just a lot yeah. of questions. And even for Michigan this year, like who's going to go out there? How long are the starters going to play? Are they going to stub their, t- I mean, who Appalachian state did happen and it happened. central beat Michigan state. Ago. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to totally different right. places. Don't, don't take that as me saying it's possible. It's not possible. But what if they run into some problems? What if the you know, unthinkable happens and something happens to a player or, or and 
your head coach isn't even on the sideline no. for the first three games. For the first three games, and the offensive coordinator who would be the head coach uh, in in you know and supposedly is going to be a head coach someday, Sharon Moore is not in the first game. That was a self-imposed thing. And you're right. I, I for, from where I look at it, I will say before we jump in, back into Michigan and, and look at Harbaugh is I do like the Friday night. Uh, at, you know, opportunity for Michigan State. It's a game that I always circle. I know it's kind of like that opening. You know, you got some Thursday night games. Usually, there's a Big Ten contest, and then you got Michigan State on Friday. If you are a Michigan State fan, you can jump on us at 127 and go straight up, yep. uh, straight up north. Yeah, uh, to, to, to salvage your week, your your Labor Day weekend, so you have that opportunity. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. A lot of good football. Well, a lot of football. I don't know if there's good football <laughs> this weekend, but a lot of football. So Harbaugh sitting out the the first three games. It's been interesting because his press conference on Monday of game week, you know, he opened it up with this uh, salvo of the players need to get paid. There needs to be revenue sharing, which I don't disagree with him at all. I, I think it's the right message. I do think it's a little bit of a distraction because then people are talking about that and not necessarily talking as much about the suspension and where he's going to be sitting. Is he going to be up in the press box? Is he going to be at home watching the game from his television with his wife and a couple of his kids around? Like, Overall, though, you, you used the term earlier, big nothing burger. Like, this is a nothing burger to Michigan fans that he's missing the first three games. They're hoping that in doing so, the NCAA just says, okay, you've self-imposed. They're also not having recruits on the opening weekend. Another type of self-imposement to say, okay, we're going to leave this whole thing alone. Uh, a level two violation that got kicked up to a level one violation because Harbaugh supposedly lied to the NCAA, which... Even that, Justin, I got to say, and I, and I know I look at Michigan with a critical eye, but like, what are we even talking about here? Like, this is, just seems so stupid to me that we're having this conversation. And yet, I think outside of Ann Arbor and outside of Michigan circles, it seems like everybody else seems to be grabbing onto this. You want to know what I was thinking? We, we came in to do some pre-planning for the pod uh, last week, and I, I was driving home, and I, and I said, I can't believe I'm about to admit this. I think Jim Harbaugh's a genius. Mm-hmm. You got to think about the manipulation of what he does for media, and and this is what I saw. It was, it was during uh, the his like first press conference, not this week, but like last week. It was like kind of like a, the last time he talked during training yep. camp. Tom Van Heron, a friend of ours, uh, he's a local guy here in Michigan, works for ESPN, college football recruiting analyst and uh, football an analyst. Great dude. He's doing a live hit, and I'm watching this, and I'm like. The rest of the country is seeing Jim Harbaugh kind of make a mockery and like not smug, like arrogant smug, but like we know it a little bit more here, but the rest of the country is like, look at this guy kind of giving it to him. Hey, like yeah, if you're not yeah. in this bubble here and like kind of know more about like the whole thing with Jim Harbaugh and you're just in Nevada or New York or Florida and Jim Harbaugh and the, and the Tom Van Heron comes on and says, he said something about a cheeseburger. Ha ha ha. And all the anchors are laughing. Like the perception is the NCAA is the enemy here. Yeah, He's just yeah. the master of saying nothing, but just saying enough to, to, does that make sense? No, like what I, I'm he's, saying? He's been doing it since he came in in 2015. It's genius. He has, he has figured out a way to, and if you ask local media, I think that they'll say he's a little bland. Um, oh, he's so you know, bland. He's obviously quirky. Uh, there'll be times I remember covering him and going to those press conferences where you'll ask a question, he'll quasi answer it. And then like literally two minutes later, he'll come back to your question unprompted because he just thought about something more like it, it's not, it's not the press conference you hold up. If you're 
teaching a sports media class and like, this is what you're looking for people. <laughs> right. Um, but he's always figured out a way to change the topic. That's great. And great I, way to put it. I, I think that, you know, this week, what did I see on the national CBS sports and ESPN, Jim, Har uh, Jim Harbaugh advocates for revenue sharing. It wasn't Jim Harbaugh prepares to sit out the week. It was Jim Harbaugh advocates for this. And the hard thing is, is that if you're a, if you're a, um, you know, an analyst, a, a columnist for any of those sites, how do you get on there and say like, he's wrong. They should not be sharing in the money They're They yes, are the big Ten just signed like a billion dollar a year, $2 billion a year television deal. And every coach in the big 10 is now making at least $5 million or more. And a lot of them are making $10 million or more, but, oh, we don't have any money. Like you can't have that take. And, but he's got people discussing that the week that he's sitting out the first of three games. He's, he's, he's a, and I don't mean this in a vicious way, but he manipulates the media to serve mm -hmm. his purpose. Justin, you don't have any children yet, but when you do, I've got a couple of young ones and it is incredible how quickly they figure out how to manipulate <laughs> their parents. My son <laughs> yesterday comes in. He says, I'm looking forward to dinner. And like this, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, where's this going? I'm like, cool. He's like, what are we having? And he's like four years old. I'm like, I tell him what he's having. Ooh, that sounds good. And then after dinner, I think I'm going to have ice cream. And I was like, <laughs> what, what, what do you, what do you mean? You're going to have ice cream. He's like, I'm going to eat my dinner and then we're going to get ice cream. And do you know what we did yesterday? You got ice cream after dinner. We got ice cream after dinner. Large because I was so impressed by what my son came up with. that I was like, I got to reward this, right? I mean, even if he only ate a little bit of dinner, he, he, he fulfilled his end. He, he did quite a bit of it. Two more bites. Two more bites. Yeah. I, I was like, we're getting, we're getting this kid ice cream. <laughs> and like, they will. So, I mean, obviously I'm not comparing. Let's, let's be well, clear. Jim I'm not, I'm not saying a he's a five-year-old. Yeah. That's a... Yeah, yeah. That, there's the first uh, viral yeah. soundbite we've had. Jim Harbaugh is a five-year-old. You said it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. No, but but listen, back to just to move forward, I actually think that Harbaugh is on to something. He, yeah, he's he not is. the first person to think it, and especially with NIL being the wild, wild west of what it is right now. Mm -hmm. At some point, some way, they're going to have to try to figure this out. I, I think more and more we're headed towards just football being its own thing. Its own NCAA will not have a play in that. It'll be whoever they decide to make the, the the committee or the overseeing governing body of whatever that's coming. And then yeah, every other yeah. sport will be under different umbrellas because right. again, like the travel's getting ridiculous. You know, now we've got, you know, Stanford and Cal playing Clemson like, guys. Are these student athletes anymore? Like, no, I mean, like no, and for football yeah. games, once one try one time, you know, 12 yeah, games absolutely. a year, that's fine. But when you're doing, you know, 20 game, 23, yeah. 24 game basketball schedules where you got kids going to imagine being a volleyball player. Oh, exactly. And then the soccer teams are all, all yeah. over the, the map. And then hockey is, you know, like plus track and field swimming. Like yeah. you go down the line of like, how are we going to enrich this student athlete experience for everybody? Well, at some point, football is going to become its own beast. It already really has. And even basketball, while it's a revenue sport for sure. I mean, you look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. I mean, Michigan yeah, State basketball yeah. doesn't bring in enough to support all of the Olymp Olympic I sports on campus. Agree. It just doesn't agree. They, I mean, they make a good amount of money. But if without football, none of this is happening. I'd say it was going to be a really interesting challenge, what you say about how football is going to pull away, because you really think that football and basketball should pull away because those are, even what you're just saying, though, that they're not quite the revenue-producing sport that football is. 
if you're going to pull two out, you pull those two out. But I don't know how you pull basketball out because March Madness, oh, that's... you have to keep the group of five. You have to keep every mid-major. Right. You have to because that's what makes it special. Football, it doesn't make it special, right? Like Michigan's not going to play Western Michigan in the first round of the playoffs and something's going to happen. First of all, Western Michigan's not going to get to the playoffs. You know, now with the expanded playoff that's coming in 2024, one of those group of fives is going to get one spot. It's going to be the eighth spot, and they're going to get murdered by the first, the the number one seed year after year after yeah. year. But at least they're going to have a seat at the table type of thing. So, Justin, before we jump back to Michigan State and the pressure on Mel Tucker this year, mm-hmm. you're rocking a much, oh. much cooler T-shirt. Do we uh, like? Yeah, I, I think I got I got to say sure the compliments to, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool looking. I work out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, nudge, I mean, nudge yeah. printing, nudge printing. It is owned and operated by a Michigan state couple that when they graduated, met there, got married, got graduated and what, whatever order that happened. in, I'm sure it was different than what I said. They decided that they were going to come in and, and get into the, the t-shirt game and nudge printing. I'm telling you guys, you guys got to check them out at nudge printing. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They have a uh, nudge printing dot uh, com as well if you want to go to the www but i mean look at this this it's is a like a shirt. sweet gruff sparty yeah uh they have so many different ones that i'll be wearing them for the first like five episodes uh so they hooked us up with some with some swag so i'll be rocking that out but check out nudge printing uh to get some uh, michigan state game day apparel. you did you did say they do a lot of other colleges but they, they do, do not, 20 colleges they do not do michigan i don't know why that is so I think though, I do not. I will never wear a Michigan state t-shirt except when Michigan state beats Michigan this year. We're making a bet. Okay. We'll see about that. Um, but I mean, could you get me a t-shirt from one of the other colleges? Is that, mm. is that possible here? I'll talk to my people uh, other than Ohio state and Northwestern in the big 10. I think I would take anybody else. I think North Northwestern is kind of let's just stay steer clear of the wildcats. All right. So I'm getting you a go cats t-shirt. Terrific. Go cats. Terrific. Go cats. Okay. So All right. Mel Tucker, my turn. Yeah. Mel Tucker from where I'm sitting there, uh, as a, a Michigan fan looking at it. I mean, I think I'm probably pretty similar to a lot of Michigan state fans and how I look at Mel Tucker. I will. My father-in-law is my go-to Spartan. Um, he last year started latching on to like, this guy's overrated. This guy's getting paid too much. I, the whole money thing, I don't think we can ever divorce fan perspective from what a guy's getting paid, but if he was getting paid $6 million would the conversation be that much different than getting paid $10 million, I don't think it is. I think ultimately you're still being judged by your record. And then I hear like the, Oh, it's, it was only Kenneth Walker. I think this is a year where you're going to, I'm a big believer in trends. And so trends are either going to tell us that 2021, I'm not saying he's going to go 11 and two this year, but 2021 was the type of program he's going to run or the five and seven last year is the type of program that he's going to run. And we'll get to maybe season predictions real quick before this podcast ends today. But where are you? Is there a, is there a number in your head? Is there, how much pressure is he under? Uh, Is, I mean, is it, is it a vocal minority that has turned on him? Is it, a vocal majority that's turned on him. I'm with, just, I'm just kind of curious from the Michigan yeah, state perspective. Yeah. Let me start with saying no fan base is more enamored with how much money Mel Tucker makes than the Michigan fan base. No fan base cares as much about how much money he makes. And I don't understand it. 
Like if somebody overpaid you to do your job, what are you going to complain about it? What are you going to say? No, no guys, I think I would show up much. every single day. And just I think I would too. Yeah. Um, look, there's layers to it. Like I obviously am of a proponent of Mark D'Antonio did not leave the program in a better place than he found it. Even though he took them to the heights that they did. You can't leave a day after signing day or whatever. And, and basically his, no, and he screwed him. He screwed him. And the first class was literally during COVID. So the Zoom recruiting, like, I mean, come on, like, let's, let's, let's call it what it is. Well, quite frankly, he recruited his entire first class without meeting anybody. He's all about culture. He's all about building this. And like Michigan fans may poke fun at the cars on the field and like, you know, the, the shoes and the cigars and like all of the things that make him cool. So he does cool stuff and you're going to make fun of him. That's fine. My point is, is that I, I agree with your, your assessment. Obviously beating Michigan in an empty big house was one of the spectacles of my lifetime. I was literally one of like 50 people in the entire building yep. for that. Yep. And it was hard to even really think it was real. Mm -hmm. Um, but like still went two and five. Okay. So, or two and four, whatever, whatever the season was, it was nothing burger for everybody. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that 2021 happens and you're like, Oh, is this how he's going to run his program? Last year's biggest red flags to me, not necessarily, I mean, there were so many injuries and I know injuries, no one wants to use them as an excuse, but they're real. They happen. And when you lose literally like 15 starters on either side of the ball, how are you going to expect to just yeah. plug and play? Yeah. Even Michigan yeah. lost 15 starters this year. They're not going to the college football playoff. No, guys. Absolutely not. Hate to break it to you. Yeah. But that's kind of the reality of the situation. I look at it like, gosh, I really hated that Indiana game and how I felt watching them stumble over themselves and miss a 20 yard field goal and not have enough timeouts to, or, or, or downs to spike the ball, to set up the field goal the way you want it. I mean, the, the game management last year was almost more infuriating than the injuries. Cause I understood the injuries. I got that part of it, but I gotta see smarter, more tactful trajectory for what we're trying to do here. The running game's gotta be better. The front seven wasn't horrible last year, but that if the pass defense is ranked in like the two hundreds again, what are you doing? You're a DB coach at nature and you can't even get your DBs to be in the top 100. Yeah, that's been like, alarming. It is, those are the red flags for me. Clock management, game management, um, personnel. But like, again, last year's kind of a, you can't really count on what last year was because he was missing yeah. half the guys he needed to. So your argument about what you just said about you can't, Last year. So I think one of the challenges that we have when we do prognostications is we always look at like, well, last year they were this kind of team. Yeah, and well, so the turnover they were of that, every roster is right. Like, the huge. turnover, the culture can change. Nobody has a better indication of that than Michigan from 20 to 21. They went two and four in 2020, lost to Michigan State, an inexplicable defeat at the big house. And they came back and they go 11 and two, beat Ohio State, go Lose to the, the college State. football playoff, eh, whatever. <laughs> um, so like, look how much can change year right. to year. So I don't, I have a hard time when someone says like, well, they were bad last year. So they're going to be bad this year. Like, no, well, they were good last year. So they're going to be good this year. Yeah. I mean, I've seen I that story play out too. De definitely. But I think when you look at like Michigan, you'll probably say, like, well, they were really good last year. Then you look at who they got coming back. It's easier to project. Like they're going to be really good this year, which we can get into in a little bit. But when I look at Michigan state's schedule, I tell you the hard part is if you're not going to necessarily judge it on wins and losses, like, Hey, they got to get to eight wins. They got to get to nine wins. I think one of the challenges is, is like, are, when are they going to have, are they gonna have a good stretch where you can start to get excited? And the hard part is their final three games are, they play on the road at Ohio state L 
on the road to Indiana, which should be a W. But then they finished the year against Penn State, which Penn State. Ford Field, here we go. Yeah, is a lot of people saying, you know, could be the surprise Big Ten team yeah. this year to go. So, like, they have their two other last three on paper right now are L's. So, I'll put it this way. I need to see a competitive brand of football every single week. Mm -hmm. And when I say competitive, so let's take week one, right? Central Michigan's coming to town. They're not obviously like some world beater team. Yeah, they're pesky. And like we've seen every, like every Yeah, but this is like the Dan Lefevre pesky, right? No, the, no, not yeah. that pesky. But I think the last five years, a, a Mac school's beaten a Big Ten school. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, it's like crazy. Run. I would rather them play Central than Eastern. I'll tell you that, that program's, that program's, Chris Creighton's got them cranking. Um, but like, when I say competitive, it's like, I want them to win like 45 to 17. Yeah. Like yeah, that's right. a competitive, like they, 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 they did what they needed to do to beat a Mac school down. I don't want to see another like close, like 24, 21 game. They had a couple like in D'Antonio's like final years, they beat like Utah state or something like really close. That was no good for me. So, and, and then I look at the non-con and we'll get there again. We're going to do every week. We're going to do yeah, a yeah. review podcast that'll be available on Tuesdays and then a preview podcast that'll be available for you on Fridays. So we'll get into this stuff as the season goes, but just to kind of in a nutshell, I want to see them get better week to week to week to week to week. They have all these great games on the back high side of their schedule. And you know what? That Washington game is going to be the same thing. It was for me last year. Week three, you get them at home. You got to have a little redemption for, for how you kind of just shot yourself in the leg last year. And you still only lost by 11, even though it was way worse than that. Point is, is get through your non-con schedule unscathed that we're going to have a little bit of a different conversation moving into the big 10 season. Now for Michigan, by the way, that game against Washington Peacock network. Peacock. So maybe when I get my Peacock subscription, I'll hold it for a month. You better. Then I will cancel. Just, hey, if you get the free month, take the free month. Okay. And then, okay. and then maybe we'll have a watch party. You can come over. <laughs> hey, we'll hang out. I'll, whoa. Hang out yeah, outside just, of the pod. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Not in the basement though. Not well. It's a little wet down there right now. Had Not a little bit basement. of, you know, got to love this time of year, but okay. So for Michigan, like, yeah. you know, you're going to probably leave non-con unscathed. It's going to be, you know, three and oh, what are, what are like, give me like the top three things you need to see from this team to think that like, this is that team that can yeah. actually, cause you know, th th let me just throw in this little, little context. Yeah. How many times on the bottom line do you see week one through three, Alabama 55, 52 to zero? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like if that's the score, does that make you feel like Alabama? Like they did what no. they needed to do, I guess. They did what they needed to do. I mean, I remember this argument and it's, it wasn't mine, so I'm not going to take credit for it, but someone said, you're in a in a kind of like a lose lose situation. If you if it's close, closer than expected, someone's like, "Wow, they're not very good," and like they're overrated. If you win by a lot, you're like, "Wow, they should have been playing that team." So whatever. My thing is that you are playing three terrible teams. Just go out there and beat them handily, like you're supposed to. Beat Games them. over at halftime. Yeah, absolutely. And when I looked at, you know, we we just saw the Detroit Lions go through their preseason. They didn't play any of their starters. Um, I want to get to the regular season healthy. I want Blake Corum to be healthy. I want Donovan Everett to be healthy. I want JJ McCarthy to be healthy. At the same time, I don't want them to be completely rusty going into the, the conference season. So when you look at JJ McCarthy, does he need to go out there and throw for 300 yards per game? No, but last year he was slow in developing rapport with uh, his receivers down the field. So I'd like to be able to see him go out there first three games, connect, I don't know, at least twice to three times a game on a deep ball with somebody. You'd like to see some of the young players start to, to step up. You know, defensively, uh, we hear a lot of hype about uh, defense tackle him, Chris Jenkins. Is he worth it? You know, I, there are little pieces, but overall, I'm looking at going like, just go out there, take care of business like you're supposed to, stay healthy, 
and shake off the rust. Yep. And then go into October. Uh, and actually they play Rutgers in the first game. So they're not, you know, so another <laughs> cupcake, but like go into October when they are going to go on the road to Nebraska, Minnesota, back to back and just be ready to start playing their best football. Because even though those are two teams that we're not expecting to compete for the big 10 West championship, they're on the road. They've got, you know, PJ Fleck has had a, has got a good program. I wouldn't call it a great program. Matt rule has had success in the past. So I want them to go out there and be ready to take those teams down um, and just being just being their best at that moment. That's all I'm really looking for. Well, when Ohio State, I, when I say when Ohio State, it's like they had like a losing season or something. But when it, it, the, when Ohio State went like thirty and three over like four or five year span in like the late nineteen uh, seventeen eighteen nineteen twenties, I don't even know how to quantify. That's how old we are. Uh, but they would. You, you were so expected to win that, like, when it was a one-score game, you're like, ooh, it's close. That's how I yeah, feel like yeah. Michigan. I look at Michigan this year. It's like, they're going to win, but it's like, oh, it might be close at certain points. But I think Michigan is just the talent gap between anybody they play for the first five weeks of the season is pretty much so high that they're going to be able to run their base stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take care of business. Like, I don't see any reason why, and we'll have a totally different conversation if something does happen. But to your point, I think Michigan is in this really fun spot for Michigan fans to know that, A, you're you're playing who you're playing. You can't change that, right? So let's enjoy it for what it is. Let's see our stars be stars. Mm -hmm. Let's see our backups. Hey, let's let's give the flyer on that redshirt freshman who's lost his redshirt now, so let's see what he can do. Let's see a little bit of this stuff. And to your point, shake off the rust, get into it. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because I'll use a idiom from former Michigan hockey coach Red Berenson, who used to always say, "We need our best players to be our best players," and that's really all I want to see is in these first three, four, five games. If you're JJ McCarthy, just go out there and like complete eighty percent of your passes. Just go out there and dominate like yep. you should. The offensive line against their defensive line, just go out there and run them over. Yep. Um, you know, just go out there and do what you're supposed to do. And I'm going to enjoy college football the first couple of weeks, probably watching some of the other marquee games. We kind of joked I got a birthday party to go to the first week, and it'll be over with by halftime or even maybe earlier than that. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be dutiful husband and father these first three games when I don't have to pay that much attention uh, and can, can kind of DVR it. So, uh, Justin, I think we're in for a great football season. 100%. If you are, you know, I will say this. If you're going to Ann Arbor, you're looking for a place to stay. Uh, my recommendation is Weber's Ann Arbor. Um, it's got a restaurant right attached to it. It's best prime rib. You could make the case arguably in the state of Michigan. It's where my wife and I got married. We're staying there this week with our children. We're going to take them to the pool. We're going to get uh, room service to come to the, you know, come to the pool. Um, great weekday rates. I think but it was a terrific for a family. If you want to go from like Monday through Thursday or Sunday through Thursday, you're not paying football weekend rates You can get a really good room for under 200 bucks. Um, Weber's Arbor.com. And then there are still rooms available for both Friday and Saturdays of football season. When I talked to the owners, they said, Hey, you know, we can't, I don't want to say every single weekend. There's some weekends we're taken, but just go on to the website, Weber's Arbor.com, And you can still, uh, for a lot of weekends, you can, you can book a room. They do have a shuttle service too. So it comes right go. to the parking lot, takes you to the big house, which is pretty cool. That is great. So got to have that. I will, I will yeah. say this. We are not going to do our season predictions until next week. And okay. I, and here's why. Okay. I think it's fair, especially from the Michigan state perspective. I gotta, I gotta see what we're dealing with here. I gotta yeah, see, yeah. I gotta see like 
I want to see your quarterback. We, we, who is the quarterback? We yeah. didn't even touch on that. We've been talking for 35 minutes. We didn't even get that. Now, I want to see who the quarterback is. I want to see who's starting on the defensive front. Who are our wide receivers? Is Nathan Carter for real running back? Those are some things that I think if I can at least see 60 minutes of game tape, because I've not seen any minutes of game tape and neither has anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and same thing for Michigan. Like, do the stars look like stars? Does everybody, does, does Donovan Edwards take the leap this year? Even though some people say he took a leap last year, is there more to him? What about some of your receivers? Like, I think it's only fair. And that's why we think that this podcast is a little bit different than some of the other things out there is I'm not just going to blanket, throw a number out there mm-hmm. and say, if Michigan doesn't win a national title. They're failures. Like that's not fair. Yeah, and yeah. if Michigan state doesn't make a bowl game while that would be a travesty and horrible, I got to see what they're even dealing with right now before I'm, I'm going to put, you know, my reputation of, of saying like, Oh, they're going to win eight games. Cause I, I, I think that, that. I think that's out there, yeah, I appreciate but I also that. think them going the other way is possible. So yeah. I'm going to say, give me, give me a week. Let me see week. one game. And then I'll tell you what I think Michigan state's going to be this year. Okay. And I think that's a great approach. Um, I honestly, I have no idea what Michigan state is just because we talked about it. Are, are they like last year? And not, not that playing central Michigan is going to give everything away, but I want to see who the quarterback is. I want to see who some of these running backs are. Uh, and I'm going to watch every Michigan State game in addition to Michigan game this year. You're going to watch every Michigan game in addition to Michigan State. For the audience out there, uh, you can do what you want. I mean, but <laughs> you can still hate us if you like. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think there's some fun, especially if you're an in-state person of watching your rival. And you, if you're a Michigan fan listening to me right now, you'd be like, oh, I don't care about baloney. Baloney. Oh, because yeah. I am on social media. You're on social media. And outside of your own school, the program you talk about the most, the program that you cannot get enough of is Michigan state. And it works the other way around too. Michigan state always like, ah, oh, we're, you know, they're, they're in our, uh, they're always talking about, we're not in there. You know, we don't pay attention to anything. Michigan rent free. And yet every conversation Michigan state has is always like about, about Michigan. What about Michigan guys? Here's the truth. You talk about Michigan state. You talk about like, we're, we're constantly You're doing looking it. in a mirror. We're constantly doing it. Just acknowledge it. Admit it. Hate them all you want, but acknowledge that you pay attention to them. And this podcast is going to look at both schools all year long. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, we'll probably take the show on the road at some point. Hey, we'll look into that. Maybe for the <laughs> first time here to this, it won't be. Where it, are we going? It won't be for the Michigan Michigan State game though, because you're going to be out of town. I'm going to be out of town. Who so. gets married during? We'll we'll, we'll get into that in next oh, episode. We'll oh, get into that the next episode. Oh. Hey, where can people find you on the Twitter? Oh, uh, they can find me, Michael Spath, I-T-H. It stands for Inside the Huddle. I haven't been able to change it. Uh, Elon you know you Musk can, yeah. doesn't like me. They took so. away my verification because I didn't pay for it anymore. Oh, well. So maybe I can change it. But Michael Spath, I-T-H, and you? J-Rose, D-E-T. Detroit. Except it's just D-E-T. That's just what it stands for. Right, you get it? it? I, I figured. Like it. I get it. I get it. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about the Central Michigan and the East Carolina games and much, much more. And hopefully, and, and hopefully it's two wins. That would be nice, wouldn't it? If it's not two wins, I don't think we're going to show up for podcast number two. <laughs> I think this chair might be empty here. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, follow along. Uh, follow us on Twitter for all these uh, great clips and, and for wherever you're listening to, whatever streaming platform. We thank you so much for that. We're looking forward to a good season. So Go I love woo. you, man. Oh, but you're an idiot. Yeah, that's the name of our podcast. Remember that? Okay. Go Green. <laughs>